Aloha, my kako, everyone. Welcome to the Moana Nui podcast. My name is Moana, the host and founder of our show. I'm a children's book author as well and an advocate for our Native Hawaiian community. Today's episode is entitled Art and Creativity as Tools for Healing. And this episode is brought to you in sponsorship with Papa Olalokahi, a Native Hawaiian nonprofit focused on improving the mental health and wellness of our Kanaka Maoli community. So mahalo to them for allowing us to continue our series and helping us to get our stories out into the world. Tonight is, I think, a very relevant topic, something that's really important right now. So because when we talk about healing, I'm sure by now most people have heard about what is going on on Maui and quite frankly, even on Oahu with the fires that are popping up in the islands and the community loss that we're experiencing right now. So I'm honored to have these wonderful gentlemen joining me tonight here on the podcast. Each of them has such unique skill set, specifically when we talk about art and creative pursuits. So excited to have them join me tonight. So with that said, I'm going to start with introductions. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is art is a universal way of expressing yourself. And as Kanaka Maoli, as Native Hawaiians, culture is such a critical part of our, our identities. And each of our guests tonight definitely incorporate culture into their work. And it is something that is really a keystone and foundational for what they do. And isolation from cultural practices causes damaging effects on our Kanaka Maoli community, our health and wellness. And so we're going to be highlighting that how these artists are using their talents to preserve precious history, culture, and mo'olalo. So with that said, I'm going to start off with Kamuela Chandler. Kamuela is a Native Hawaiian film and television actor originally from Kekaha, Kauai. He is an illustrator and digital concept artist for film and multimedia. He learned drawing at a very young age from his father, who was a talented artist. He began illustrating for books in 2016 and published several works with Hale Kuamo'o, Hawaiian Language Center at U.S. Hilo. And he also, also has three self-published comic books. Kamuela is now a science fiction concept artist for film and multimedia and employs a wide variety of traditional and digital tools to create work, including the use of generative AI and machine learning applications. He also uses generative AI to create culturally inspired concept pieces that expand on traditional art aesthetics within Hawaiian culture and the cultures of greater Polynesia. So with that said, welcome, Kamuela. Hello, my uncle. Thank you for having me. Of course. Our second guest is Brooke Kapu-Kuniahi Parker. And he is an artist of Native Hawaii, raised in Kahalu'u, Oahu. Brooks' family roots run deep in the islands, being a direct descendant of John Palmer Parker, founder of the Parker Ranch on the Big Island of Hawaii. John Parker's wife, Rachel Kelii Kipika, Kelii Kipikane Kaolo Haka. Hopefully, I got that right, Brooke. Who was a great granddaughter of Kamehameha the Great and his wife Kanekapole. 
The majority of Brooks' art portrays the deep love and admiration he has for his ancestors. As a child, he was greatly influenced in the arts by his father, David, a gifted self-taught artist and painter, Hawaiian historian, genealogist, and writer. As Brooke grew older, his father's interests became his own. And with no formal art training, his father's library of art books and Hawaiian history books became his other teachers. As an artist, Brooke books for Ahapunanaleo, Hawaiian Immersion Language School, and other clients include Disney's Aulani Hotel, Kamehameha Publishing, the University of Hawaii at Manoa and Hilo, the State of Hawaii Board of Education, Council, Conservation Council of Hawaii, Hawaiian Islands, Humpback Whales, a Sanctuary in Maui, Hui Malama o Waimanalo, and ongoing projects with the Pacific American Foundation, to name a few. In 2012, his art was featured in the Durkin's, Durkin Senate Office Building in Washington, D.C. His piece was the first piece of Native Hawaiian art featured in this special place where the Senate oversees legislation related to American Indian, Alaskan Native, and Native Hawaiian groups, which was once chaired by Senator Apuka, the first U.S. Senator of Native Hawaiian ancestry. So with that said, welcome, Brooke, to the show. Aloha. Aloha. Mahalo for having me. It's a pleasure as always. And then last but certainly not least, Alika Spanaihe is a Kanaka Maoli digital artist and game designer. He was born and raised on the island of Oahu. Alika spent much of his childhood sketching and doodling on any pieces of paper he could find, whether at home, in class, or his grandpa's where he spent most of his time. As a teenager, he saw the art of Solomon Enos, the Kamuapua series in a Hawaiian Airlines in-flight magazine that sparked what would become a deep fascination with Hawaiian mythology and the art inspired by it. After working in various occupations, from kitchen prep to baking cookies, landscaping, becoming a journeyman electrician at Pearl Harbor Naval Shipyard, he decided to make his lifelong hobby of art his life. He also has a design and apparel business, Haoli Art, where he creates art and clothing inspired by Hawaiian culture. Alika is also a part owner of Theory, Theory Craftis Games, along with Jeffrey Vieira and Jack Cobbs, who have also been on the show before. And Alika is the head artist and leads manufacturing and production of their games. Today, this wonderful trio teach an after-school design class at Nana Kuli High School under the PALS program. So with that said, welcome, Alika, to the show. Hello, Malika. Nice to see everybody. Mahalo for having me. Yes. Aloha. Aloha. Okay. So it's great to have everybody here. Let's start with when did you, when did you start becoming an artist and how did you start? What was your inspiration? What was that spark? Especially like what led you towards doing art in a way that perpetuates our culture? I will start with Alika. Okay. Well. My memories, as far back as I can go, I was drawing. So I think I can remember to maybe about four years old, three years old. And from that, from all the way from back then, I was drawing pictures. So I think was because I got into too much trouble as a kid. So my grandparents, especially my, my grandpa and grandma's house, 
because I would always go out in the backyard and my, my grandma was a haku maker. So she would make all kinds, like she was a award winning and she would grow all her, all her plants in her mala in the back. And I would go outside bored and I discovered that sticks could cut through plants and I destroyed all her plants one day. And from that day forward, she sat me down in front of a huge pile of computer paper and made me draw. So <laughs> that helped me practice a lot. And then when I got older, the art kind of died down a little bit, but it just, it never, it never really stopped being something I wanted to do. And in terms of wanting to bring culture into it, or especially making the art about culture, it became a, a tool, a vehicle for me to continue my education about, about my Hawaiian culture. And cause I, I love to research stuff before I get into the, the drawing. I want to know that what I'm drawing is at least accurate, correct. And, and that I'm portraying something of reality, something based in reality. And so I, I read a lot. I took classes, I talked to Pupuna, whatever res resources I can find, I started researching and because it was such an effective vehicle for research, I just wanted to express my, my gratitude to my culture through my art. Wonderful. And I, I love how you talked about your family influence and <laughs> getting in trouble too. <laughs> But, but the research part, I think is a huge thing, especially for us as Kanaka Maoli and wanting to keep it grounded while still being innovative in our own way too. So I think I want to go to Brooke next. Oh, muted. You muted, Moana. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So especially talking, since we're talking about research, I wanted to go over to Brooke because I know he does tons of research in addition to his own family genealog genealogical knowledge. I can speak today. And so I wanted to, yeah, go to Brooke and talk to us about how you got started and, and what such, what critical role, like your culture, your family roots plays into your art. Well, similar to Alika's upbringing, I, I grew up in a house where my dad, he drove for, he worked for HCND, a cement company on Middle Street in Kalihi. He grew up born and raised in Kalihi, he's a Kamehameha graduate, and he used to paint on weekends in his spare time. He was untrained also, but his, his love was Hawaiian history. And so I grew up under that setting, like Alika, a little boy, three-year-olds, three, four, five-year-olds, getting the grocery bag and using that with my crayons to color and paint. My dad was well-read and grew up in a house. I have five brothers and we all do art because we watched my dad do his art and he was well-read. And so I was gravitated toward the Hawaiian history books that he had and he had a lot. And as long as I put them back where I found it, I could continue to use it. And growing up in the sixties, early 1970s, we talk about the Hawaiian Renaissance and during this time, we had the Hokulea and stopped the bombing of Ko'olabe and Hawaiian language. And also there was an artist movement brought forth, continued by Kalakawa called Halinawa. And it was pretty much organized by Uncle Rocky and Lucia Jensen. And my dad became a member of Halinawa along with guys like Herb Kane, Joe Momoa, Jason Stead, Duncan Sito, a lot of different Hawaiian Kanaka art 
our teachings. And I remember as a fifth grader going down to one of their first shows at the Outback building and seeing all this different Native Hawaiian art and expression left a deep impression on me. And so I continued to uh, gravitate toward that and draw. That was my happy place. I learned to draw anatomy from Conan comics. That became my favorite comic. And it was, like I said, a safe place for me. But as far as portraying the ancestors, maybe for another time, but as we do our best to honor them in whatever talents that we have, whether it be music or, or writing or, or any type of talent, even being a good listener, even having a lot of friends, I know you get the help when you need the help. And it's been a wonderful way, not an easy way, but a wonderful way to take care of my family. And. I've been painting now full-time since 2009. I just started painting in 2009. I didn't paint any before that. And so I'm still learning how to paint. Very, very fortunate. One of my first art shows, me and my wife, Drina, attended. She's the business manager. She's my, we've just made, last week, Friday was 33 years of marital bliss. She should give her a trophy for putting up with me all those years. But our first show at the Blaisdale, only had five paintings, just started, it was in 2010, and I was walking around early in the show and I saw Ed Caton. He's a, been a big fan of Ed Caton, a tremendous oil painter from Puna. And I went by his booth, I introduced myself, and he asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm a vendor. And he said, what do you do? I said, I'm trying to be an artist like you. So he came to my booth, he saw my paintings, they were really rough, just five paintings. He goes, are these oil paintings? I said, no, they're acrylic. I don't know how to paint in oil. He said, how long have you been painting? I said, well, under a year. And he said, what kind of acrylic paint do you buy? And I said, the one on sale. And he looked at me funny and he said, I said, I'm just learning. And so long story short, he invited me to one of his workshops in Kona. I didn't have to pay the, the fees. It was over a thousand dollars. And I stayed there for one week in November of that same year, and I learned how to paint in oil. So Ed Caton, along with another dear friend of my father, Herb Conning, Herb Kawainua Conning, was another man who kind of helped me along in my journey to, uh, to be proficient in doing the best I can honoring our ancestors visually and putting a face with the name. Yeah, I really love putting the faces to the names, especially because when you look at Hawaiian culture and like reading our stories, it's so many names and like sometimes the names, even the names can be confusing because then you have like uh, one, two, and, and Kamehameha is like popular ones, but there's other ancestors and ali'i that we don't see. And so being able to match that with the, with the, with the faces is, is so important. I think especially for our younger generation coming up to see like who their ancestors were. So mahalo for that. And I, I'm a love, of course, I love that you brought up because it's one of my absolute favorite legends when I think about artists. So mahalo for that. Bella, what about you? I know obviously yours is embedded in culture too, but you dabble more in, at least as of late, in AI and ML. And I know there's like all of the controversy around that too. So I would love to hear your perspective on how you create, where you started, and how you're utilizing our more modern tools to put your spin on our art. I think Mahalo for having me. My story is kind of the same. I, I come, I'm, fortunate, I'm very fortunate to come from a very creative family of artists and musicians and, and papers and like makers and people draw and paint. And so I had a father 
I mean, I have a dad who's a retired firefighter, but he was also, he also had this other life as a cartoonist. He wasn't a professional cartoonist by any means. He loved to cartoon and he loved to draw and paint and always encouraged us to do the same. And I just, I just got into it at a really young age because I was trying to emulate my dad and it started with drawing fish and, and I love comic books. So I was next, I started drawing Spider-Man and everything like that. It wasn't a, it, it didn't become a serious thing until much later in life. In fact, it's only been within the past 10 years or so that I really got serious about art. I was, I, I was attending college at Hawaii Community College here in Hilo. And I was just sitting down one day sketching. And how I got into sketching was when I started college there, I took a class, a workshop on Ohi Kapala, on creating your, your bamboo stamps to stamp kihei and stamp. And so took the workshop. It was just a day. It was just a few hours to make our own, carve our own Ohi Kapala, make a design and then stamp it on a piece of paper. And then later on, stamp it on a kihei that we wear four years later when we graduate with our degree we'll have this kihei that we stamped every year we'll make a stamp and at the end of the at the end of our what you call it our degree cycle we'd graduate with this kihei and so created this stamp and from creating that stamp i started sketching like designs triangles and all of these kind of like polynesian and hawaiian tattoo designs that came to my head that i was thinking about the future and i'm thinking okay this is the next one going to make and I'm going to add on to my kihei and that's kind of how it took off and one day I was just sketching some of these things on paper professor saw me and she said hey you should take this class it's called summer art institute of Hawaii it's at Hilo it's going to be during the summer and this year is all about drawing and sketching so you should take it and so I took it and that kind of just sucked me right back into the whole art thing I ended up like changing my degree and ended up minoring in art and taking drawing and and painting and the whole bit. And so that's kind of where it all started. And it kind of evolved from there. I started illustrating a lot. I did some illustration work for Halekua Mo'of, their Kekao no Kamiki book, a series of Na'ali'i books for Hawaiian language students. And I did a couple of my own comic books. And I just kind of, I just kind of found my place in the art world. I, I, I kind of felt like this is kind of where I belong. And I'm a Hawaiian and I think I, it, it, I almost felt like I need to use these gifts for my culture. That's where they come from. They come from my parents. They come from my grandparents. They, like it's back in that way. So that's when, that's how it comes. And more recently, I really got into working digital because one, traditional materials are, are not cheap. Brother Brooke can probably attest to that in oil painting and canvases and stuff like that can get very expensive and, and I, I've been there. I have a whole studio full of paints and brushes and canvases stacked up to the ceiling. And so I, I really got fond of working digitally and I got fond of working mobily, but having the mobility, having, having the work that I can do on my laptop at the bus stop, at the coffee shop, at the library. And that's kind of the, how my whole walk into the digital art field kind of started and it just kind of expanded from there. Today, I, I use generative AI. I use it for concept designs. There's, there's a lot of controversy around it. There's a lot of concerns and there should be. It's, it's a powerful new technology that, that a lot of people don't understand. And so it needs to be approached with caution. 
I use it as a tool set for concept designs. I find it as far as my work and the, the kind of work that I do now, it just speeds up my workflow. I'm able to do a lot more in, a, in less time than I would if I was just doing it alone. The way I kind of look at it, I utilize it like a tool. So it's kind of like I have my own art studio now with my own team of artists, concept artists that I can go to to, for, to create concepts for me. And then I can say yay or nay. I kind of use it like that. I think where the controversy comes in is when, when generative AI is being trained using already existing styles belonging to artists like Brooke or Herb Kane or Picasso or Michelangelo and, and, and AI scrapes all of that in information off of the internet and just kind of mashes it all together and then spits something out. And so there's a, there are concerns about violating different properties, different intellectual properties and things like that. I don't use uh, utilize AI in that way. So I avoid that as an artist myself, as an actor right now, we're all on strike. AI is part of AI is part of the, the conversations that we're having surrounding the strike, and so it's yeah, it's kind of a it's 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 been kind of a rocky boat. It, it really has been kind of a rocky boat for creators like me who started utilizing. Tech. But I think going forward, I think in the future AI will find its place in the tool sets that are more modern artists and digital artists use, similar to when. When CGI first came into the picture with movies like Jurassic Park, there were a lot of practical effects artists and costumers and puppeteers and everything that lost their jobs because a lot of those, a lot of those effects were replaced digitally. But again, that's all came back now. And so we see, we're seeing puppetry and practical special effects come back into the movies. CGI has kind of found its place in the tool set in creating films. And I think in, in the future, I think AI is going to do the same. I think it's going to kind of find its place into that broader tool set of uh, what we mean as far as digital art. Anyway, thank you. I appreciate that perspective because I, as an author, I use AI to, in the same way, like come up with a concept to relate to my artist, like what I'm generally thinking about it so that, because trust me, and the only thing I can draw is stick figures and I see that. So I rather have a six fingers instead of my stick figures. But yeah, like I agree that AI is a tool, just like there's controversy over guns, right? But, you know, the gun doesn't kill the person. You kill people. It's the person who's utilizing the tool and the intent behind that. So I agree. I think there will be a place and it's a conversation. I think that will challenge us for sure. Just like any new, anything new will, will challenge. And I'm looking forward though to seeing what, it enables for people who may not have some of the vast resources that others have and how AI might level the playing field for some people. Okay. Next question. So we talked about art, we talked about culture, but how has art helped you to develop a deeper understanding and appreciation of your cultural roots? We'll go to Brooke first. Muted, bro. Muted. I try to focus on the underdog a lot of times. A lot of times the loser's not around to tell their side of their story. They're dead. History is written from the point of the victors. 
And so we get that even in today's slanted views on need to be careful on what you watch on the news or hear. You need to do your own. Don't take anybody's word for it. And so, but when it comes to the ancestors, I've learned to not judge them. And some of that stuff you leave behind, yeah? But they live by different rules. But I focus on their accomplishments and also learn from the negative too, because there's negative. There's, there's, it's not all positive. But in doing so, trying to do the best I can with the talents I've been blessed with in helping their name and memory stay alive. And I feel them near when I portray them. And maybe not in this venue, but another time, they let you know that they're, they're pleased and happy that they're being remembered. And so I have an opportunity to share that message a lot of times when I talk to different groups of people, youth, and, and I share that message in sharing your talents. That's, that's aloha. That's, that's how we were raised. It really doesn't belong to you. It's a stewardship that, that you have. It's meant to be shared with others. And as you do that, Kapuna continue to help you. And so. I love that. That's powerful. That's a bit. The being very intentional about the art and the respect that is shown to the Kupuna. I, yeah, definitely really important because they're always with us for sure. And I like what you said about not judging the ancestors because it's so easy to do it, to look at anything in 2020 and be like, oh, this should have happened or they could have done this and all asking, just criticizing what has happened in the past. But like you, you mentioned, different rules, different time, different lenses, and just trying to see what we can learn from them. Alika, how about... It came up last year during the Kamehameha Day celebration. I did a tribute to Kamehameha on my Facebook page, and I, I, got, I got comments that saying that, why are we celebrating a murderer? He killed people. He, he, he did horrible things. And why do we have a statue of such a man? And they narrowed in on an incident that happened at Kauai High with Paula and his, his unit that went up the so-called Top for Peace, and they were all massacred. Well, everybody on that canoe anyway except his Kohuna Nui. So I wrote this person back and I said, we really need to be careful when we throw stuff out like that because I said, guys like me, we had family on both sides that day. You know, what are you talking about? I said, Kohuna Nui was my sixth generation great-grandfather, Kuakahela. And he was the only one that survived that day. He dove off the canoe. He was able to hide at his sister's house that was near the Heiau. Who, who was his sister? His sister was Kekui Apuiva, the second, Kamehameha's mom. Okay. Kuakaela's son, Waipanui, was an adjutant general on the beach with Kamehameha that day. He sees his dad coming in with his uncles. How do you think he felt to see what went on? So when we throw stuff out like that, we've got to remember there's always going to have people on both sides and like I said, we don't judge. We just continue to move forward and do the best we can in moving forward. Yeah, I think when you look at it like that, it really makes you stop and think like, hmm, this, this is true. It's very complex. It gets, yeah. Especially with the close interior, inter, the close interrelations of the different lines and genealogies, for sure. Mahalo for that mana'o. Alika, how about you? How does, how does art help you deep, connect more deeply with your roots? 
Well, like, hold on. I got to show you in two seconds. I, I, I have the jacket. Hold on. Yeah. I got to enjoy it. So this was a perfect example for art. It helps me connect more deeply, right? So I don't know if you remember this. Brooke, I sent you a, a message on Facebook. This is based off of your depiction of the Ahuula of Kiawiahiulu in Ahuula, the piece that you did. And Kiawiahiulu is the father of Paihanae. And that's, that's where my, my namesake comes from, all the way from Kohala, all of that. So in learning all of that, that helped me connect with who I am. And I saw that, I saw that pride. Oh, he left. <laughs> but, but yeah, that just helped me, helped me connect with, with who I was and it kind of grounded me in terms of my history. Cause I didn't really grow up knowing a lot about my, my Hawaiian side. I grew up, so my mom and dad separated. My dad is the, is where I get get the Hawaiian from. And uh, I grew up with my mom, my mom's side more, more of the time. Got to see my dad on weekends and stuff, but I didn't really, I didn't really have that deep of a connection with, with that side of me. And uh, not until I was in my twenties that I really start diving into the history and diving into just the greatness that is there. And so art is what gave me the, like I was saying earlier, the the vehicle for the research because I, I would see art and it would just hit me immediately. It would just hit me in my soul versus just kind of reading it in a book. So I needed the art to hit me first and then it just ignited something in me that made me want to go look deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And even reading, reading the mythology, like I was, like you said in the bio, seeing Solomon Enos and his depictions of Kamukwa'a and seeing the mythology in there. And it just, uh, it sparked a fascination with everything. And uh, it's all through art. It was, it, it hit me for me to see it. And then to create it was a whole different level of connection because it, in creating it, like all of that Ike is going through me and being filtered through my mind and my soul and then coming out through my hands. And, and now it's a part of me in the process of creating it. So yeah. And all the stuff that I've made like that, like the jackets, the ahula jackets that I made and this, this game, Hoakawa, it's, it's all about, it's all about being, being so grounded in, in the, the facts that I can create something new that people of today can enjoy based on what was, what was there. And they can be immersed in it too, hopefully. So it's, it's the creation of a, of a new moment with art. And that's what helps me connect with the culture. Like you have to be connected to it in order to share it. Right. So I don't know if the answer was all over the place, but <laughs> that's how it, that's how it does it for me. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Manao. And I, I remember from when we did your initial interview. Well, you talked about your ancestor and I just, I think it's a very tangible way for you to, I mean, they're there with you in spirit, but to represent them in, through wearable art is, is, is beautiful as well. And I love to see that with 
our art, our creative community and helping people to understand it more more visually and spark conversations that way and telling the stories and oh tell me the story about that that's a very unique art piece whether it be canvas art like what Brooke is doing wearable art like you and and Kamuela with the AI and more modern modern pieces and concept art too so Kamuela how about you how does art help you develop a deeper understanding and appreciation for your roots Think. Think growing up, like I said, growing up in that kind of like a creative family like that and a very Hawaiian culturally based family. When when you start doing art and when you start, especially when you start doing Hawaiian arts, you just you just kind of fit in like you just find yourself kind of like just knowing what to do and how to do it. Like automatically, you just kind of go. It just kind of happens like you're on autopilot or something like, for example, like if you. If you ever learn how to pound kapa, you go to the workshop, you watch Auntie Delani show you how to take the kapa off the thing. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is like plenty of work. Like, I don't know if I can do this. She's like, I, I don't know. And she's pounding the kapa. She's showing you, ah, I don't know. But, you know, once you start doing them, all of a sudden, two hours later, you're, you're just going along. You get one nice piece of kapa. You don't know how you got there, but you just like went into this like autopilot and and these, I don't know, ancestral memory or something, it just kind of comes out and it just kind of, it just kind of locks you in and it kind of just brings you in. And, and I think that's what, like, for me, that's what I find important. Like all of these gifts, all of these practices, all of these art and crafts that we do just kind of like bring us in like closer to our kupuna, I think, our, our, the stuff that, you know, that they did in the past. The stuff that my grandma did, her grandma did, but just kind of like, it just comes out somehow and, and it connects us like automatically, like we can just feel it and our hands move. And um, before you know it, we've sewn a whole net. Before you know it, we've pounded out a whole copper sheet. Before you know it, we've made a whole painting depicting something. And, and it's just kind of this flow, this kind of, this kind of mana, this kind of spirit that you just kind of plug into and it just kind of takes you. And so for me, that's super important. That's for me, that's our kupuna talking to us, telling us that we got to express, we use our, these talents that we get to express that. And so I find it super important. And, and the more I do it, the more, the more I want to do it and the more I want to make and the, the more I want to do and the more I want to learn, it just kind of grows and grows and grows. So I think that's, that's kind of where I find the importance is to just keep it, making sure that Remember, uh, maybe showing your kids, how to teach your kids how to do something. Teach your kids how. My, my, both my son and my daughter draw today because I draw. If I didn't draw, they probably wouldn't. So it, it, it does have an effect. Then you can see that. I can see that for myself and my kids too. So that's important. That's all Hawaiian stuff. That's all Hawaiian Ohana stuff, right? That's all the stuff that we, we grew up learning about about creating and about family and about generations and about knowledge being passed down. I mean, that's, that's Hawaiian, that's Hawaiian culture, right? So yeah, super important. That's all of our stories. Yes. I, I, yeah, the storytelling aspect is, is super important, obviously to our culture. And I just love how we can 
there's just so many avenues to pursue to tell a story and help us connect connect with the kupuna it's some deep stuff that I don't, I, I don't know that all people can relate to that but i think that is something unique something that i really love about our people specifically so what is here's a here's a deeper question and i, I like to ask this question so as an artist the creative as a kanaka what what is your legacy? What what do you want to ultimately achieve with your art now and in the future? Like for as you as you move forward in your creative career and like for your life's work, what what do you want people to take away from your art? Well, let me start back with you. I think the the main thing is that art is always evolving and time is always moving forward. And and so for those people who like to think outside of the box, um, like to explore things that are maybe not so traditional, but juxtaposed into the future a little bit, do it. Because times change and, and art changes and art evolves. And I think we can really like, you can create a really wide body of work if you, if you don't hinder yourself to just staying in in kind of one lane if you're that kind of a if you're that kind of an artist some people are just some people ha are, have their expertise and that's where they stay and i was like that for a long time with my my illustration and, and illustrating but there are some people that you know are, are like to explore and like to expand and like to think outside of the box but sometimes they're afraid to because of the perception from society and and uh, and don't be because it's just art and it's just a way of us expressing ourselves and you're expressing what you're thinking in your mind, what you're feeling in your heart. That's there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And so if you want to, if you want to explore and evolve with the times, do it because our young people need it because our young people are growing up in this very modern world and even more detached than we are from the past. We're already detached. Our kids are even more like my kids are computers, video games. Phones, tablets, everything. The thing in the ear, the talkings. My kids are like plugged in. It's like the Matrix. So there's like, and there's really no stopping stopping it. So I there's that there has to be a way for me to reach them. And so if if my art and my creativity can evolve with our young people, I think that's a good thing. And they're into some wild stuff these days. So it's hard to keep up with these kids. But I try, I try, and it's 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 helped me have good relationship with my kids too. Just, uh, just to kind of keep up with the things that they like and the things that they find cool and hip and, and, and stuff like that, but also keep them grounded in our cultural values and our kupuna and our stories and our arts and, and everything that, that makes us who we are as Hawaiians, but at the same time, pushing that envelope and, and living in the modern world that we do, that we live in today. And so I've, I've had, I've had very, a very good relationship with kids being open to that and being open to how they think and how they feel and what they find cool. It's, it's, it's helped me immensely. Mahalo. Yeah, I agree. The kids are, whoop, everything's moving fast. Like I, I, they make me feel old all the time. I'm like, what is that guy doing? <laughs> so we'll go to Alika. I know you do work with, with, with you, Jeff and Jack. 
and the programs that you all do with the youth. What is what is your legacy and what do you what is your ultimate goals with your art? My ultimate goal, which is which is why we like to work with games and wearables and stuff like that, just different videos. I want to make Hawaiian culture ubiquitous with the best qualities that you can think of. Like we, we know this as Hawaiians, like we, we see the, the beauty and the, the value and the greatness within our, within our culture. But what I mean by that is like, uh, I got to tell you this, a small example. When I was in class one day, we were talking about creating a simulation and we were, we, it had come up like, oh, what if we put gods in this game? And, and I was like, yeah, like, what about an ocean god? And one of these kids said like, oh, like Poseidon. And that was the first thing that he thought about was Poseidon. And I was just like, oh, I wonder why nobody said Kanaloa. Like, why did nobody say, first, just talk about stuff that, that makes Hawaiian culture super cool. Like our mythology, why not bring up our stuff, right? And so, I mean, I'm sure like nobody meant offense by that, of course, but it was just like me thinking about it. Like, oh, I just, it just brought up a question in my mind. Like one, I wonder why that's not the first answer. Like when people think about warriors, they think about Vikings or samurai or like when people think about like explorers, they think about the Spanish or, <laughs> or like the Portuguese. And there's so many great things and, and so many great people within our culture. And I want to bring that to the forefront. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to make it all interactive and gaming games for us is, it is a form of making interactive art where I can share the art that, that I create. And then Jeff and Jack with their mechanic mechanical minds, they can create all the rules and the way this whole thing works. They can share their art and it all comes together to create an interactive experience in culture and the value that we see in it. So the legacy that, that I want to leave is, is the, to connect Hawaiian culture around the world with, uh, the greatest qualities of humankind. That's beautiful. That one, that one had touched my now. For sure. Yes. <laughs> All right. Brooke, how about you? What are, what is, what is your legacy? I mean, I feel like you already get one huge legacy, but, but we're always evolving. So what do you see for your future and the stories that you tell with your art? Oh, we made it again. Sorry. I agree wholeheartedly with what Alika and Kamuela have shared as far as their legacies and staying up to date and, and doing the very best you can. For me personally, it was always about the people I paint. I remember traveling on the mainland and I was in a mall and people came up to me and said, Hey, you're, you're that famous Hawaiian artist. And I said, no, that's not me. And that's you. I, I saw, I saw that whatever Joe said, no. I said, the people I paint are famous. You want to look at me? I rather see myself as a bridge builder. I'll take you back or I'll bring them forward. Or a six foot five, 240 pound road sign to help you look back and remember 
what that name on the street, who he was or who she was, not to take my word for it, but to make you go study on your own. So you have your own knowledge and aloha for those that, that came before us. As an artist, I try to do the best I can portraying them. I've had comments from different Hawaiians at times that come in my booth and, and ask the question, how do I feel making money off the ancestors? And you can look at it in a couple of ways, but I turn it around and I, I keep a, a chart, a family history chart in my folder. It's got all pictures on it. And I said, I said, if I had a great grandson taking care of my great grandchildren by painting my pictures, I keep you in my name and memory. Like I'd be happy. Why not me? I love them. I know they love me. What do you do to take care of your family? Hawaiians sometimes have a tendency to, we've all heard the syndrome of who you all of me, nobody gets out of this bucket. Even sometimes when I'm around fluent native speakers, sometimes they can be a little condescending and I say, well, he doesn't speak, but I show my Hawaiian in the paintings that I portray. I was just asked this question. Shoot, last week, well, bro, where's your tattoos? Where's your cacao? I said, they're all on the guys I paint. You can see it right behind my shoulder. I choose not to have that. I don't need that as a reminder. I don't know people that wish to have that. It helps them remember. So be it. But as far as the language is concerned, I, I tell them, I said, when I get visits, when they come visit me in dreams, I understand exactly what they're thinking. And they understand exactly what I'm feeling and thinking. And I said, but in a dream and when I do see them, I feel the love they have. It's like a warm blanket or warm water being poured over your head. And words can't describe that. So if you want to go in the forest, you want to go chant and let everybody know that you're there. And I said, that's, that's really totally up to you. My ancestors already know where I am. They always know. And they're always there to watch over and protect. So it's always going to be about them, not so much me. And I hope that I can inspire others to help you to do the same thing and things that they love to do, especially when it concerns the ancestors. Hello for that. Yeah, it's always, always about the ancestors. And I love how you flipped it, like having people rethink and, and challenge the questions that they're asking and doing it from a different lens. Like, yeah, I would love for my ohana to be able to pr provide for themselves in a very independent way without having to depend on out outside forces and using the skills that we we all have to provide, which is a key, another key part, part of our culture is being providers for our community. So mahalo for that. Another really quickly, I want us to say, Moana, the show was how does art heal us? Recently, we had a family, I guess, for lack of a better word, an incident that happened that really shook our family to a core and it really upset me tremendously. And then I couldn't really function. So I turned to art to help me get it out of my system. And I painted these guys three days because I was so angry. When I wasn't Paul mad yet, three days, that's pretty fast for a big painting like that. So this is not the painting, this is a print, but this painting was 20 by 30. I painted this one in five days. You can see the faces. 
And when I finally finished, I wasn't angry anymore. I was able to call that person on the phone, forgive them and say, and tell them I love them. And to give them an opportunity to make right, which was, which was done wrong. And so art in that way really helped me. And I remember posting that, the, the paintings, not, not the reason, but then some of my other friends said, hey, bro, enough with the cool stuff already. You're always painting cool stuff. As you can see behind me, I got Hina and Cool behind me. But the lady went out to say, why don't you paint more Hina stuff that's uplifting and inspiring? And so I messaged her on the side. I said, sister, these paintings were uplifting and healing for me. This is what happened. And she apologized. So we see it in different lenses. Yeah. But I use art to help me too. And a lot of the guys I paint is a little bit of me inside. A little bit of every one of us. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share that. No, mahalo for sharing that and, and doing it in such a transparent way. I can definitely relate to it. my writing is is my healing. And yeah, that, that'll be a whole other, whole other episode that I can. <laughs> then we could go down that path. But yeah, so is with Alika and Kamuel, is there anything else? Like, do you have a personal story that you want to quickly share? Because we only have a couple minutes left. But about how art might have helped you heal from something? Just real quick, I, I, art was really, really, really helpful for me during COVID for a lot of creatives who got stuck at home during COVID and not being able to travel and not being able to go anywhere and all freaked out about the, the, the local sickness and everything. A lot of us creatives are just kind of left to our creative talents to not only just pass the time by it, but just kind of forget about all of the chaos that was going on aside from COVID with the riots and George Floyd and, and everything that was going on. And so I really, really just kind of dove into my art. Right? And I started doing concept work for NASA. I did a whole bunch of these space, space art pieces, I think probably about 190 something of them. And it just kind of just took off. And, it, and it, that really just kind of took me away if all of the, the, the all of the people. It didn't unplug me from everybody's needs and, and I was out there to support in whatever way I could, but the, the art really helped me to just kind of unplug and just concentrate on something else and transport my mind and, and my spirit someplace else. And so that's, I guess that's the, that's the one real story that I can share when you find yourself in kind of a dark and kind of lonely place, your art is waiting for you. That's the, that's the moment. And mahalo for, for asking and mahalo for having me and all of our blessings and prayers to everybody in Lahaina to get up on, on actually everybody has ohana over there in Maui and so all of, all of our, our blessings and prayers for them always mahalo for that yes I, I echo that sentiment for sure it's a, lo a lot of healing that our community needs right now so everybody needs an outlet and I'm, I'm happy that we can use art here. Alika, take us home. How about you? Yeah, just like, just like broke, like this, uh, this game, Hoakawa, this, this is, it's a game of war. So there's all of these warriors that, that I'm drawing and it was really cathartic to, to draw this out because they're, they're all just going at each other. And it, I get to, I get to create 
these aren't these aren't based on actual ali'i, but they're inspired by the ali'i that we've researched. And we made this during COVID, so it's like just to get that frustration out and and to just let that let that out and and kind of connect with that more brutal brutal side just because like it it does reflect how we feeling at that time like it's it's honest and then there's the other side too where we have i'm really grateful to be able to just draw stuff that comes out of my mind because then i get to share my thoughts like i literally get to share my thoughts with people and like i get to draw stuff that just comes out of my dreams like i had a dream about this place one night and in this dream there was a voice telling me that that the makani is coming in the right direction and it's starting to blow the clouds toward us and and the the rain is gonna fall like no worry because this valley previous to that was all dry and it was just not it was not flowing correctly and then i got to like this dream was amazing it was a super lucid dream where i got to feel vibrations in the air and and hear this voice and feel the rain on my face. And then I got to draw it or paint it out and have it there with me. And just to remind me that even when I feel like doing this, that that is, is always there. That is coming and that is helping me. And it's there for all of us. So, yeah. And in, in, in researching everything, kind of learning, not just the facts about the culture, but also the values going into Olelo Noyao. And meeting, meeting people that are, that are, are attracted to the art and getting to be, become part of the crowds that all of these people are a part of. And like, I, I recently got to take a online course with Auntie Lynette Paglino on about Ho'oponopono. And it's just, that's the person to go to, to, go to, to learn from. And it's just, my art led me to that. It was actually a relationship I created from working on a game with somebody. And the, I made really great friends and it just leads me to these places. And that's really how art heals me. It, it puts my life in a direction of that, of healing and growth and fulfillment. So yeah, that's, that's how art heals me. And I hope I can share that with all my students and let them see that that is possible. That's part of the path. Mahalo for sharing that everybody. Yeah, it's, it's, I can't just say like how much of an honor it is to share this space with you guys and learn more about your stories and uh what what has inspired you what continues to inspire you and just the collective hope that we have for the perpetuation of our people our culture and using art as a way to navigate the challenges that we see create opportunities for a new vision for our people and just the inspiration that we bring to ourselves as Kanaka of the present, the respect for our Kanaka of the past. And then, like I was mentioning, sparking inspiration and action for our youth in the future and helping them to connect and honor our culture in their own way. So mahalo nui to everybody for joining us tonight. Real quickly, let's go around real quick and help people understand where they can find your art, where they can support you by purchasing art and following you as you continue along this journey. So let's start with Brooke. Oh, mute again. I have Instagram 
And my website is hawaiianatart.org, A-T-A-R-T. That's where you can find a, a lot of my stuff. And then different places on Oahu. We're at the Windward Mall, the Hawaiian store up there, and, and shortly at Pearl Ridge and Fishing Museum and the Ilani Palace and different things like that, or contact me directly. Thank you. Mahalo. Ali. Oh, Alika, you muted. Wait, hold on. Can I do it from my side? Yeah. Okay, there. <laughs> yes, I have Instagram. Holy underscore art underscore Alika. And my website, holyart.com, as well as theorycraftist.com. So that's theorycraftist.com. You can see what we do in class. And the latest game that we produce for Kawa is on that website. Available for purchase. Mahalo. And Jorana asked me to pass on that they're grateful that Keawe Aheulu inspired your, your clothing line. Okay, Kamuela, where can folks find you online and help support you? Okay, you can find me on Instagram at Tala underscore Chandler. And you can also find me on, on Facebook, Kamuela Chandler. You can contact me, direct message if you'd like. For talent stuff, you can contact Kathy Muller Talent and Modeling Agency in Honolulu. They're my agents. And yeah. Mahalo. Wonderful. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Mahalo to all of our listeners, whether you're watching the live stream or the recording later. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, the conversation. The, hopefully you learned something new about our culture too, because I know I always do every time we we talk about the different aspects and and storytelling methods and just hearing everybody's journey and how just everything is rooted in in our culture and as the more we research the deeper it gets i don't know i feel like it's a rabbit hole that's never ending but i'm i'm down for it i'm let's just keep digging but you know i think one of the big takeaways i want to just highlight for tonight is that sharing your talents is aloha it doesn't belong to you it's all stewardship and it's meant to be shared with others and continuing to, t to tell our stories is important because as we talked about earlier history remembers the victor and so we want to make sure that all the different angles of stories are told so that people can appreciate the full the full context and the full respect for everybody that is involved in the stories that we're telling. So mahalo to everybody. Please, if you like, subscribe, share, help us get this around. And we hope you guys will join us next week. Next week, we're talking about Kanaka in the diaspora and the perspectives of Kanaka who have moved away from the islands for the most part from a economic perspective and land displacement, which is a very complex topic that's all inter intertwined in in everything that when we talk about culture so please come back and join us next week august 31st at 8 30 p.m eastern that's 2 30 in hawaii and 5 30 on the west coast for that conversation looking forward to that so until next time take care everybody much aloha to our lahaina ohana to our ohana all throughout the islands and throughout the diaspora our community is united and it really makes me proud to be Kanaka to see how we have showed up for our community. We didn't wait for anybody else to take care of us. We've always taken care of each other. So 
please continue to do that. Watch out for each other. And together, we will continue to move forward into the future with aloha, with respect, and with honor. So that's it. Take care, everybody. Malama pono. Ahui ho.